You're listening to the Yakima Chief Hops Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to another episode of Bigger Than Beer. I am your host, Levi Wyatt. Thank you so much for joining us again today. Um, this season focus has been all about sustainability. Uh, we've pivoted from last year where we were talking about women plus in the industry um, into the sustainability kind of community approach. Um, the goal of this year's up, uh, excuse me, this year's season is not only to promote the initiatives that are happening within the industry, but beyond the industry as well. So for us, sustainability has been a cornerstone at YCH for quite some time, but there's also an opportunity for us as a, as a, a grower group, uh, a hop merchant, to connect with other people outside of our industry, as well as in, within our industry to talk about things uh, beyond beer, bigger than hops, and, and that's exactly what we're doing with this podcast. So today we're going to be diving deeper, kind of in the nitty gritty details of what it takes to run a sustainability program, uh, maybe some of you that have been listening have been interested in getting something started at your own brew house. And today we're joined by Christian Ettinger from Hopworks Urban Brewing, um, who, where we're going to be talking about utilizing sustainability tools in the brew house. Uh, Christian, thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me, Liam. I really appreciate it. Awesome. Awesome. I always like to get to know who we're chatting with, get our, uh, our listeners dialed into who they're chatting with. Um, Christian, do you mind talking a little bit about yourself and your role there at, uh, at hub? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We've got uh, a 14 year old brewery down here, our 20 barrel system, three pubs, 80 wonderful coworkers. And we've been a B Corp since I think 2017. I've been on the sustainability uh, subcommittee with the Brewers Association, I think, since about 2015. It started in, I think, 2013, but I can't remember the math exactly. And yeah, so uh, Hopworks, was, we basically founded it with this kind of grassroots idea of making the best beer we could as sustainably as possible. We kind of wanted to crash a great New York-style pizza joint into In-N-Out Burger and uh, because we couldn't decide which food went better with beer. <laughs> and uh, early on, we were... Uh, big champions of organics and green building. My dad's an architect, so really kind of love the, the construction process. So I'd say, you know, kind of went into it with just kind of a naive view of sustainability through the lens of uh, organics, which at the, that time uh, only required organic malt and the organic hops was something that developed over time. And then uh, green building, just printed out the leave for buildings template, put on my nail belt for a year and a half with my dad and built this place. And my wife and I are the only partners and uh, just tried to really uh, be a thoughtful um, alternative for folks and mainly just started a big brew pub and kind of flipped it into 80% of our beers going out the door now, you know? Hey, congratulations. That's quite the rap sheet that you've just uh, uh, spilled there. That's amazing. Um, having had the opportunity, I've been down in Portland a handful of times, uh, great city, great food but there's also an incredible beer scene and you are one of the many uh, in that scene making some great beer and obviously doing it with a lot of impact. And I think um, there's a lot of thought that goes behind that. So that's exactly why we wanted to, to talk to you today and kind of, kind of pick your brain about what you're doing, not only with Hub, but you mentioned that you're part of 
the uh, Brewers Association subcommittee. And I was wondering if you could just kind of talk about what that involvement entails and how long you've been a part, part of that. Yeah, yeah. I kind of sometimes forget which hat to put on. You know, I'm on the I'm on the board of Salmon Safe as well, and I started the Oregon Brewers Guild Sustainability Committee. And so, but really proud of uh, being involved with the, on the national level with the Brewers Association Sustainability Subcommittee. I think that committee was formed about 2013 with uh, Katie from New Belgium and a couple others. And uh, I joined in 2015, and um, really have just kind of represented maybe more of the marketing focus kind of in with that that DIY approach you know we don't have um, a huge team so we just had to kind of approach sustainability from more of a thoughtful scrappy DIY perspective so that was kind of maybe what I represented coming in and when they try and create a, a mosaic of uh, membership that is representative of the constituents so now the 9,000 if you can believe there's 9,000 wow. breweries yeah so uh, it's an awesome subcommittee with you know, I guess one of 26 working groups with the BA that are working on all sorts of various issues. So the BA is is mighty, and the BA membership I think is about 6,000 of the 9,000 breweries in the country are members of the BA. Oh, that's incredible. Yeah, that 9,000 uh, metric has has been thrown out to me uh, once last week, and it kind of blew my socks off. Um, you know, being part of this industry for for almost four years now. It's grown a lot, even in those four years. And there's some people that have been here 10 years longer than I have, um, for you opening a brewery and having it withstand, uh, you know, a lot of crazy ups and downs, uh, 9,000. I'm glad to see that it's, you know, going strong, obviously. Um, but again, that subcommittee is, is something that I think, uh, provides structure, right. For not only, uh, the BA itself, but those 9,000 and 9,000 plus breweries that are entering in this space. Uh, get to mm -hmm. to look at that and, and and utilize some tools, right, and 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 provide them structure in, in their own uh, four walls. Um, do you know what the vision was in in behind like just the creation of focusing on sustainability within the BA? Yeah, they just put out a, a new vision statement, and it's it's really um, mainly trying to uh, show how breweries and brew pubs as a model can be stewards for environmental sustainability. This, this committee is focused primarily on environmental sustainability and operate through operational efficiency. So, you know, there's this altruistic kind of uh, vision uh, for environmentalism, but we also show very practical um, uh, cost saving uh, aspect at all turns. We're not afraid of addressing the triple bottom line, you know, in a very transparent way. And uh, so there's a, an amazing host of tools under the resource hub on the website, over a hundred um, ways to experience sustainability through links there from shallow one page dives to deep manuals, you know, uh, several of which have been produced since, since I've been there. So it's a, uh, yeah, really, a really rich resource that I encourage everybody to at least click through and see what it's all about. Absolutely. I can attest for that. I, you know, prior to our meeting today and, and, uh, um, weeks before I always peruse BA just for, for information. Right. And it's just such an incredible resource. So definitely a huge advocate sitting here on the other side of the microphone today with you, Christian, uh, of the BA personally, um, and talking about personality and just personal, uh, um, connections, like, you know, what was your personal connection to get uh, started or, or engaged with that subcommittee and be a part of the BA and be a, a, a voice for the larger group of brewers. I'm trying to remember how the introduction came about it. You know, Chuck Skypeck, the, um, 
the, the VA lead there. He's been a buddy since he had his brew pub chain uh, in Nashville, Bosco's and all that. So like, you know, I'm 49, but I've been like at this professionally since I was about 21. So I'm kind of this weird like gen one and a half where I know a lot of the older cats and uh, and I try and keep up with all the new cats in the openings. But um, yeah, so definitely knew several of the members and, you know, I've done talks at, at um, CBC before on sustainability and so was kind of. Uh, I guess kind of in the zone a little bit and uh, was happy to contribute on a uh, to a national conversation. You know, it's easy uh, as entrepreneurs kind of have your head down focused on your own ops. And then um, once you start extending the branch out to your local community and, you know, uh, then you've got the Master Brewers Association, which is more of a regional approach. And then you have all of a sudden the BA, this, this national stage and the ability to kind of uh, see what's going on. There's a very collaborative um, subcommittee. So we kind of get to understand what's going on, on the national level, take that information and contribute nationally, but also bring that information back to our local MBAA or or guild level and localize it because we all have, you know, there's there's what six different basins of watersheds in the country. You know, you could the US could be six different countries unto itself, right? Absolutely. So then it evolved it evolved as it evolved. But um, yeah, so just I think through osmosis just kind of got naturally drawn into uh, the capillaries of the VA. Oh, that's amazing. Um, I mean, you, you talked about earlier, even in our initial discussions of just resources, right? You know, just being there, um, providing tools and education. That's one thing that, you know, YCH specifically with this podcast, we try to do is elevate the voices of people in, in roles that can provide, uh, value and benefit for, for individuals exploring this kind of space. Cause uh, you know, initially it can, can kind of be daunting, right. To, to jump into this kind yes. of realm. Um, yeah. but could you talk on some of those, uh, works or, or resources that the subcommittee provides, uh, members? Yeah, it's, it's amazing. You know, um, the resources, like, even if you just look at, I look at like kind of like a decision tree, just getting involved with the BA itself, the average, brewery size in the country is somewhere around 600 barrels, right? Six to 700 barrels. So if the membership cost is $200 a year for that, uh, just the excise tax savings that was launched uh, recently uh, would have meant a, a savings just off the top of a, over $2,000 to a brewery of that size. So you got leverage just on the membership alone. And then as you ladder down through those 26 subgroups, you know, there are just so many resources to help you uh, maybe model or structure your company. And then, uh, you know, as you, as you approach sustainability and that decision tree, you know, benchmarking would be the first place you land. And, uh, once you get the snapshot of where you're at, you can begin to assess uh, direction where the low hanging fruit is and where to go. So if I can, you know, the, the benchmarking is, is really the first, um, the first door to walk through on your sustainable journey. And, um, the way that's divided up is into five areas, uh, basically data uh, as intensity per barrel, right? So you've got water, electricity, natural gas, CO2, and solid waste, all as measures of, in the case of water, barrels per barrel, electricity would be kilowatts per barrel, gas would be therms per barrel, CO2 I think is pounds per barrel, as is solid waste. There's also a wastewater component uh, too, but uh, the word on the street is we don't quite have enough data there to make another chart out of that, but we know depending on where you're at, like in Portland here, wastewater is super expensive. So that ended up highlighting our benchmarking work, highlighted a couple projects, which I'll get into. So 
you know, you've got basically the benchmarking uh, looks at six different areas, right? And then it, it takes data sets, it basically starts to assemble a data set between zero and 1,000 barrels, where the majority of the BA constituents rest. And then there's another group of one to 10,000 barrels where we are at Hopworks, and then 10 to 100,000 barrels, that's a broad range. And, and then the 100,000 plus barrels is the fourth group. So your data should be um, really, uh, I guess, appropriate for your business size pretty quickly, just based on that, that kind of peer-based uh, and peer-level study. Uh, you can really see that um, the more beer you make, generally, the more efficient you are. And so the least efficient breweries, being the biggest group of constituents of the BA, are, really have a tremendous opportunity. There's so much low-hanging fruit just based on the inherent inefficiencies of a small brewery. Totally. So, no, that's that makes complete sense. And and for those people listening in, like that was an approach that, you know, I think YCH also looked at, you know, just benchmarking alone, you know, understanding, putting your finger on the pulse, where are we at? Um, and, and, and that actually reveals or peels back those onion layers of those low, low hanging fruit, Christian, that you mentioned. Um, mm-hmm. And then depending upon how far you want to go, whether that's like creating reports or like just diving deeper into uh, the weeds there, you can kind of set up initiatives to, to, to address those, which we'll probably be talking about here in a little bit. But um, yeah. would you, uh, you know, aside from, um, you know, who, who's utilizing the tool and, 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 and just resources in general, are you able to like, uh, you know, disclose adoption rates of number of breweries who have maybe taken advantage of resources or, uh, within the subcommittee. I know it's, uh, there's a large group of people. And like you said, it's divided among different brewery sets. So, um, yeah, just for out of curiosity for our viewers, just to get a gauge who's all in, in, in involved in this. Yeah. So if, if you say that, you know, of the 9,000 breweries in the country, 6,000 of which are BA members, we um, we think we've got about 800 plus uh, downloads of the of the benchmarking tool, right? So that would be people who started the journey, and then maybe somewhere around just over half of those would actually be active users, so 400 ish. Um, so what that represents, you know, 800 over 6,000, we say that that's about 13 percent, you know, um, and maybe half of those are are really using the tool effectively. But what you see, the data is irrefutable that those who use the tool actually experience uh, tremendous savings in doing so, like almost immediately. It's like the light bulb goes on, and because that light bulb was sustainably uh, powered with a solar panel, you it will never go off. You yeah. know, and if you got a little battery backup, uh, but. Uh, so the, the penetration would be about eight, 13%, which to me says what a tremendous opportunity, you know, uh, to accelerate that, that, that adoption and to, um, to really show the, the, the majority of the small breweries how, how much low-hanging fruit there is out there by utilizing the tools. No, that's awesome. I, you know, we experienced the same thing, you know, with 55-plus growers in our grower group. Um, we've set initiatives internally through our green chief program and, and yeah, in year one, it was around 10% adoption for, for me, uh, you know, bright eyed and bushy tail. I was like, yes, people fill this out. Right. Uh, but again, on the flip side, we got to make some headway here and there's opportunities to, uh, uh, influence or educate those other 90% of those users that, uh, potentially haven't 
had the time nor have they invested the time to, to do so. So making something that's easily user friendly uh, is definitely something that's that's helpful, right? Um, and that's something that is, you know, feedback always helps is, is, in my opinion. Um, and, and for you, you talked about like wearing multiple hats, you know, today uh, for those people that are, are listening in, he's wearing a hub hat, you know, in, in physically, um, but you're also a brewer uh, and, and, and part of that subcommittee, but going back to the brewing side or the, the brewing side of the things, um, ha, have you utilized this personally, uh, the tool itself? And um, what was your experience in utilizing something like that? Yeah, so the the benchmarking tool has a, those six areas, and we've been using it for a couple of years now. You know, even pre-COVID, we were uh, beginning to recognize, you know, depending regionally, out here, electricity is cheap. You know, it, and unfortunately, it's hydroelectrically driven, which has implications for fish, right? But it is uh, makes for cheap power. And so, uh, although we went through recently and did a whole lighting upgrade, and we've done a whole host of efficiency upgrades, what the tool highlighted for us was the need to explore CO2 and wastewater projects, you know, uh, it, because it's, it's, this is very much like a cost related study uh, that we can see when we're way out of spec and, and in spec or kind of overachieving and have, have hit that, that kind of Maslow's self-actualization space, you know, so um, I think that uh, the most poignant thing is we just finally, after the tool showed us um, two years ago, to explore CO2 uh, as you know leaks and uh, efficiency in those systems in that system and wastewater, uh, we did the low hanging fruit on the wastewater side with some basic sidelining and tank bottoms, uh, putting uh, some tighter screens in our floor drains, and generally between flow meters and you know trying to train um, our our staff to you know not identify a successful brew with washing the floor down excessively stuff like that. Uh, that we 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 did some uh, some of that low hanging fruit the wastewater side and we're able to sideline a lot of the, you know you got TSS and BOD suspended solids are a fraction of the, of the the cost associated with your wastewater it's all BOD so keeping any anything with carbon in it out of the the pipe is where you're uh, really looking at there so that's you know sidelining beer and and anything with beer tank bottoms and 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 all that so um, and especially the sugar uh, from the work. Now we toggle over to the CO2. We had a two-ton system with the original poly line we had run, you know, crudely zip tied to whatever was handy, and we knew it was riddled with leaks. Uh, you can, you know, we just knew we had some issues there. So we just actually finished our CO2 project here, where we went from a two-ton to a six-ton tank uh, with telemetry, right? Mm -hmm. So they cut the, the actual truck uh, trips, the number of trips here significantly um to to um and it also would trigger the the fill automatically so that you know it didn't come when we didn't need it you know so let's just say our, our trips go down by 60 percent so there's less uh less road miles or food miles associated with our beer on the co2 side and we put in a copper header uh with um with welded you know joints sweat sweat joints and new new ball valves and all that so to eliminate the links associated with that new side and put a balancing line across and so we had great flow that was 3x what we had before our deliveries were cut by two-thirds the leaks hopefully are gone because the the contractor we hired has to leak test it for the city in order to get their their c of a their certificate or not c of a but the c of o certificate of occupancy it's c of a is the 
that's the brewer's hat, right? Yep, there you go. And the CFO, <laughs> CFO is the, the, build, the building department's hat, right? Certificate of occupancy. So we just finished that. And, you know, the flow to the canning line now, our TPOs are going down because we got more consistent flow to the our rotary head canning line. And um, the leaks have, you know, been mopped up. And, uh, you know, the number of trips required to service our CO2 and fill that is, is gone as well or reduced. So that's a, a case study here that I can speak to just today, you know. Yeah. And, yeah. No, that... Or two cases between wastewater and CO2. And the, the beautiful part about the the reports we have a new five so basically there's a rolling five-year average of data but the new five-year report from 18 to I guess through 22 is about to roll out so you'll see it and it's a it's a great read and uh there's a lot of neat case studies in there a a, a great group of breweries very diverse uh, data set and uh so really interesting to see where in your peer group you uh you compare to your peers the overachieving ones and the underachieving ones and and there's opportunity everywhere. That's that's awesome. Um, little teasers here and there. I appreciate that. That that is um, competition, if you will, or just understanding where you lie with your peers is something that kind of helps drive on the grower side of things. Uh, we're very competitive people by nature, and you know when you're talking about all the things that you've done in your two case studies there. Um, I'm just hearing you know efficiencies. You know whether that be uh, benefiting you in, in one area or the other. Um, this is not only uh, benefiting you from a, a, a cost perspective, but just beer making abilities. And then it sounds like culturally there's some shift going on at the, the brew pub too, as you rolled out some of these um, tactics of, of using less water, um, tightening those uh, um, guidelines, I guess, uh, within that uh, the brew house itself. So that's cool to see that hit so many different pillars of your organization. Um, and I think that's one thing that on paper, most people wouldn't realize the sustainability benefits kind of trickle down throughout the, the, the building and the people themselves, which is really cool. So I'm glad you spoke on that. Um, yeah, of course. You know, talking about benchmarks in, in general, um, you know, why would you, why is it so important to establish those, you know, we talked about that in, in kind of the beginning here, but, uh, you know, what are the, the benefits and the values of, of creating those benchmarks and setting goals, uh, for not only yourself, but, uh, the organization at large. Yeah. The tool helps you really, uh, I mean, the, the quote, right. Famous quote is you can't manage what you don't measure. Right. So mm -hmm. in order to improve, you got to set that, set that benchmark and the base and just start to, to turn the dials over time. So the tool allows you to set some some goals and uh, to move towards that. You know, you can do it on a DIY level. All the information is there. You know, quick Google searches. But the nice thing about the resource hub is it's it's a it's a easy to search and uh, the groups of like the manuals, for instance, are um, really appropriate for breweries at all stages of their sustainable journey. Right. So. Uh, there, the resources there, like the, the manuals, we have a manual on energy, one on green building, you know, one on solid waste and wastewater and another one on water usage. Those are the deep dives and there's one pagers and a whole host of, of presentations and stuff to really kind of, you know, the way when the business, um, you know, not only the size, but the type of business, uh, the needs are so, um, they're, they're so diverse, you know, whether you're a brew pub or production brewery, and then you go up through your size range or number of locations and go through your org chart. And, you know, that everybody's got 
different and unique challenges based on their business and their region. And I think the resources can, you can kind of cherry pick uh, the resources that are appropriate for whatever you're experiencing. And uh, we have a great, you know, Matt Gasiak, our sustainability ambassador, he tours the country talking to guilds and, and really trying to get a sense for what the, the needs are on a regional level and to really point everybody back to this benchmarking study because that that data set, the bigger it is, the more the more useful it is. And you can see 13% downloads, about half of that utilization, it's gonna become more and more powerful the more we adopt. adopt. And, and a neat little just um, soundbite, you know, there's a, a case say 5,000 year, barrel a year brewery saving $20,000 a year, that's $4 a barrel. Anybody on the COG side who knows what they're using in terms of ingredients to make beer is spending anywhere from say, 50 to 100 bucks a barrel just on ingredients between the hops and the malt you know so there's four dollars a barrel just sitting there by doing the, the simple benchmarking work and then just starting to turn the dials so there's real money on the table here oh that's awesome um and i hope it's it's things like that that i think can get people excited and optimistic about starting that journey right seeing those savings mm -hmm. in action um because it's really going to filter all the way back down to, you know, not only bottom line, but efficiencies. Like we said, there's a lot of efficiencies, efficiencies to be had. Um, just because you start benchmarking in year one, don't get down on yourself when those comparisons come out because, you know, it's all about time, you know, and, and, and whenever mm -hmm. your brewery can roll out these new upgrades or, you know, tap into resources locally. And um, for us at Yakima Chief, it was tapping into our local power supply company to come in and do an energy audit to help us determine steps forward. So um, just utilizing those resources are, are extremely important. And um, like you said, Christian, there's a lot of money on the table that you can put back in your pocket and put back into your brewery um, or into the lives of the people that work for your brewery and, and help mm -hmm. benefit those people. So that's a, that's an amazing um, metric you shared with us. Um, I guess going off script, sorry, but how easy is it to use this tool? You know, like uh, for somebody who's, uh, you know, um, I, I would consider myself somewhat technical savvy, um, but yeah, how would you, how would you rate that overall experience? Yeah, you know, uh, it, the experience, I, I've handed that, that uh, data um, collection off, you know, to our, our quality assurance, our QA uh, manager and, um, it's really kind of an interesting thing. Like in a small company, there's a lot, you wear a lot of hats, right? So if you got a small crew, one, one brew club, 25 people, you know, somebody's going to have to do it. Most likely going to be the owner or brewmaster or the accountant, but finding the right people to do that is, is imperative and uh, just kind of owning it. But the nice thing is that the data entry is very akin to accounting, right? So, and those bills are already passing through an accountant's hand, getting loaded into QuickBooks, right? So just having the tool open, and as part of that training procedure, just entering it in those systems, it becomes very easy to input the data. And then um, over time, you know, it, it'll just become natural. So finding, you got to find a champion, a data champion, and who loves data more than accountants, right? And QA <laughs> folks that are just assembling those spreadsheets all the time. But the tool has, you know, changed uh, form a little bit. And I think there's a new back end to it that we're launching, but it's basically, there's a there's a simplified tool that is really easy to use. And then there's a deeper dive tool for those that have maybe the, the the staff or the resources to go deeper. And those who might have multiple meters on a, uh, on a electrical uh, 
panel and then you know multiple water meters and these things that are specific to certain areas of the building and the process so you know there there are tools for for the, the small operator and tools for the more you know more complex operation uh so it there is that easy tool so to address the needs of the majority of the the small breweries in that 600 barrel range yeah there's a real easy way to to start and you're already doing it when every time you open the mail and and do your you know look at your your kilowatts and your therms those two big ones are the big those are the big uh culprits in the cost side of of operating a brewery right and you know water is becoming more expensive wastewater is expensive co2 is kind of that elusive thing you know you can't you can't really um people don't think about co2 that much or wastewater because they're kind of enclosed pipes and systems but you know uh, pumps, refrigeration, all this stuff you got in your boilers, they just gobbles up a ton of power. And so you hitting those things first is really critical because I think regardless of the range of the brewery, you'll see that, that those um, uh, represent a significant part of share of your operational costs. Yeah. And, and just being transparent with that once you find out, right? Like, oh, wow, I had no idea. Um, it's just, it's an eye-opening experience and it, it I agree having it so simple and simplified um as part of this data entry that you already are doing for another job function uh it just makes sense and now business sense uh to start tracking this information um when we talk about you know just um benchmarking sustainability at large um do you think there are internal or external motivations uh for the industry to go down this path of sustainability, whether it be operationally or um, environmentally outside of the, um, the business. Yeah, I think there are both internal and external motivations, you know, in, internally, you know, you've got, you know, it's super expensive to operate a brewery. So there's a, you know, internal motivation to, to save money on the, um, you know, on the human side, you know, uh, employee attraction and retention. You know, there's, that's kind of speaking to some of the, the social piece or some some of the crossover. You can't divorce social and environmental sustainability. They're, they're one and the same, you know. What you do to the land, you do to the people. What you do to the people, you do to the land. So if we kind of, although the we're addressing some of those things differently, like the, uh, the three-legged stool of sustainability, right, environmental, social, and economic, right, uh, this, our committee deals primarily with the the economic, or excuse me, the, with the environmental aspect, but there are tools within the resource hub to address uh, some of the economics. The social side has been parsed up. We've got a, a wonderful new um, uh, equity, diversity, and inclusion uh, committee, and uh, that's uh, hitting on and really addressing some of the very current and uh, social uh, justice issues. And then we've also, through the lens of HR, can, can look at and address some of the the ways in which um, you know we we hire and, and uh, incentivize and retain folks, but I, I like to kind of talk about all three of those things at once because you can't divorce. Um, you know, if you create a um, a sustainably uh, driven com company, you're going to attract and uh, retain not only employees but also customers in a very different way. It provides an awesome competitive advantage. Never forget the storytelling capacity embedded in the sustainable journey and the way in which you package that up and present a cool dashboard to your um, your staff and your your guests really gives you a competitive advantage because you know ultimately um, what's more democratic than voting with your dollar and supporting companies that, that make a difference and so I, I really like 
that saying that, you know, environmental um, <clears throat> sustainability, it, it feels right, right? It's the right thing to do. And anybody with, uh, with kids or employees uh, knows that, um, you know, this next generation really faces a whole host of challenges and some crazy CO2 and temperature deadlines that seem like 2030 or 2050 seem really doom and gloom. And it's really incumbent upon us as brewers who are resource intensive and many business in general is resource intensive to do something. So it, it does mean something uh, on, on that level. Uh, and on the social level, there are other tools, but in the environmental space, you know, you're going to hopefully make a difference with your employees and a difference with your customers. And then on the economic level of the stool, you know, I spoke about a $4 a barrel low hanging fruit savings for that particular 5,000 barrel a year brewery, but you're no good to any uh, one or any environmental issue if you're out of business. Being a, a good steward of your bottom line and don't overspend or borrow too much to do these sustainability uh, things, if you will, do the right amount, customize it for your situation and your cash position to uh, just start small, uh, create some ownership with, you know, some leaders in the company. You know, for us, our, our B Corp journey, I forgot to say, yeah, we're, we're a proud B Corp. Well, maybe I didn't say that at the beginning, but that's a whole other really comprehensive dashboard to, to capture, you know, all three of those things. But, um, yeah, what, it's, it's an amazing um, – these are – amazing tools and the time is right now to start on your journey because the, the world needs it and people are stressed inflation's high you know just on the economic side you saw your costs shooting up inflation's crazy people's buying power is, is has been changed uh dramatically recently and going into next year too so you know there's there's never a better time to really tighten your own belt and uh, and and attract new customers in the process. Abs you know, tell your story. Uh, absolutely. You touched on so many great things. I'm glad we're in a podcast setting and not sitting at your uh, at your bar because I feel like we'd be talking about this for quite some some length of time. Um, this is a very passionate uh, uh, fueled conversation, and, and wow, really hit 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 the ball uh, out of the park on that one. Um, and you, you know, like working with people, uh, at the end of the day, we're working with people, right? So whether that be like a B2B, a brewery to brewery on a collaboration to benefit something, um, or direct to consumer, we just got to be mindful of that too. And, and, and just like encourage people to do right. And, and having and sharing these stories, like you, like you said, leaning into that storytelling as part of your sustainability journey is equally important as the cost savings and the X, Y, and Z, uh, things coming out of the back end. Um, in your opinion, do you think the culture within the brewing company or the, the brewing community um, is inspiring one another uh, to, to improve these practices? Yeah, I, th I think, you know, the wonderful part about sustainability, although it is a competitive advantage, is this open source, right? Yeah. And so when you're passionate about sustainability, like you said, you know, if you, if you and I were sitting at our bar here drinking some organic beer uh we could talk ad nauseum for hours because we're both super interested in it but that's contagious too like you know anybody is excited or passionate about anything you know you should at least have a, a listen to see if they're you know something you can identify with but um you know that central truth is the economic situation and the savings but how awesome is it that you can be more competitive 
and do the right thing by the people on the planet. Like there aren't, aren't many opportunities that are such a win-win-win as 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 going down the sustainable journey. And uh, that you can't help but but have that uh, that enthusiasm spill over because it, it just makes sense. And it, it's there's no trickery. You know, it's, it's it just is what it is. And uh, and more businesses need to em, embark on that all in all sectors. You know. Breweries, like I said, are energy, we're resource intensive, whether you like it or not. The most resource intensive, the really um, should participate and be the most enthusiastic, but also can most easily affect change, you know? So if you're in brewing or, or agriculture or transportation, you know, those are easy ways to affect change. I just helped my son with a science project last night and looked up like top 13 uh, um, environmental challenges, you know, today and you're like wow you know you can see how you know whether it's energy or air pollution or water pollution or solid waste or the food system and 40 percent of our food being wasted depending you know, through the through the the tiers of the system uh mind-blowing where the opportunities rest right so just like you know trying to participate the food system oddly enough sits within it crosses over about five different of those environmental issues right so eating eating less meat and you know and operating your brewery more efficiently is kind of a great place to start, you know. Absolutely, um, and like you mentioned, not a lot of opportunities come across your plate where a lot of the outcomes are are positive, right? Um, yeah. And being in a position to to manage and control that in 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 the best way possible to not only give yourself a leg up as a business, feel good about it, but also just hey, you know, join us on this pathway by consuming whatever, in your case, you know, beer that is benefiting this local community, but it also is trickling down to those farms that are growing this, uh, these ingredients. It's, uh, it's an amazing story to tell. And I'm, I'm, I'm an optimistic person at heart. And so I like to hear, uh, other people, you know, spreading the good word as well. Um, I know we talked about some of the, the internal successes at, hub i was wondering if there's some other success stories maybe of breweries utilizing the benchmarking tool um and what what does that success look like in incorporating this into their practices yeah you know the the journey like for us locally it just depends on um kind of maybe what challenges they're facing there's a a couple there's a, a mash filter out at Full Sail Brewery out in the Gorge, which I think is a, a really cool tool that helps to nip a lot of resource intensities in the bud, you know, from, um, you know, even the automation and labor, depending on if you think that that's a good thing or not. And then, you know, 30% more water efficient, which affects not only your incoming water, but your wastewater uh, calculations are based on your incoming water meter, you know, and then boiler upgrades and you know people using calandrias instead of direct fire and, and there's there's a lot of examples of you know uh, we're heavily incentivized here uh, in Oregon with the Oregon Energy Trust to pursue you know there's already a surcharge on our energy bill so they love when we save uh, electricity so we just did a whole lighting upgrade in our brewery with motion sensors in the warehouse so there's a lot of breweries you know uh, undergoing those incentives we haven't talked much about incentives on this but the uh chase the money you know follow the money there and, and the look at your local um electrical provider and see what uh what type of improvements they can point you towards 
because um, there are going to be some regionally specific programs that and uh, and I, I think even the uh, Department of Energy DOE has some interesting resources on on their website as well to help um, on on a sustainable journey. It's kind of a filter that like we got this benchmarking tool, but even the DOE has has a cool tool for brewers too. So there's a lot of stuff out there. It's, it's highly regional. So uh, you know. Uh, if you look at the where the money's at in our area, you know, getting, you know, uh, burning less uh, natural gas and uh, and using less kilowatts of uh, electrical power per barrel of beer are incentivized things here. So you're going to see a lot more of those projects in our area. Awesome. I mean, it's one thing to like start gathering the data and then again, start putting a measurement and, and, and goals, you know, like this is what we're striving for because we're here. I think we can do this, you know, maybe we're pushing ourselves, maybe it's year one and we want to go easy on ourselves, you know, uh, whatever mm-hmm. your situation may be, but you're setting benchmarks and, and providing yourself uh, a task to accomplish. Um, I think the next level of sustainability and just reporting in general is once you have the data, uh, just moving into to reporting, right? So for us at, at, at Chief and whether that's uh, publicly, internally, um, I think it's extremely important to just understand and share where you're at because I think it's not just one department or one person's journey within the the, the company to, to be managing and doing that. It's a, it's a holistic approach, right? So, um, you know, for us, the sustainability report or a corporate social responsibility report is, is, is a way to... Uh, provide us with uh, accountability and transparency with, with where we're at. We're not hundred percent happy with where we're at on all things, you know, but that's the nature of the beast. Uh, you can't leave some things out and just make yourself look good all the time. I guess you could, but that is, uh, I think what the definition of greenwashing is. Um, <laughs> but, uh, we won't talk about that too much in, in your, um, in your resources that you provide at, at, uh, the BA, um, are there also additional um, tools there to like help take that data into like a reporting structure or like, um, again, kind of going off the script here, but understanding there's so many resources on the BA's website, uh, specifically within the sub subcommittee of sustainability, um, just taking that data, any words of encouragement of taking that data and next steps. Yeah. I always think, you know, ever we're all busy and we're all strapped after COVID, you know, I mean, we're all, all strapped. We're, for those of us who survived, we're very lucky and grateful to, to be here. And uh, I think that um, the key is not, it's an overwhelming time, you know, staffing is a huge issue. Uh, and, you know, customers, where have they gone? There's so many occasions that have been stripped from beer by by other beverages, whether it's, you know, seltzer or wine or, or, or you know, where, you, where it's legal weed and these things, you know, mm-hmm. so, um, we're under a lot of pressure and uh, it's hard to take the time. But once you take the time that there's little things you can do, uh, the if it's just as simple as putting fa- new faucet aerators in your faucets, uh, maybe, you know, it's, it's better sometimes to wait for equipment to wear out before you replace it than to replace it uh, in its useful life for some uh, for some sustainability uh, payback, if you will. But, you know, if you look at water, electricity, and gas, where, where is the low-hanging fruit in those? Like, I love the aerators. They give, they give away free pre-rinse uh, wands uh, uh, for your, your dishwashing sinks that are use half the water of your normal, you know, one. That stuff's free just sitting there, right? Yeah. 
aerators are cheap. It's a little, uh, it's a little fly screen that goes up in, in the faucet. And then, you know, things as simple as, as a lighting upgrade can be just home, home Depot off the shelf, um, Fiat, uh, bulbs, uh, those kind of things. And then the training, you'd be amazed what you can accomplish with no, nothing other than the suggestion or challenge to look at your water meter against the number of barrels and, and challenge your staff to, to use less. You know, when I see our brewers hosing something down without a, without a spray uh, nozzle on the end, I'm like, you are using 10 times the amount of water you need to, to accomplish that task and kind of disassociating the brewer's desire to hose things down as emblematic of productivity is flipping that script and say, how about if you don't hose it down, you're actually more productive, mm -hmm. you know, or, or hose it down, uh, less. So, um, optimizing routes, you know, uh, there's, there's a lot of transportation footprint sourcing, uh, you know, for instance, you could bring malt in from Germany, but there are some malting companies now bringing, uh, barley that's, uh, grown and, and malted in a fashion that's very consistent with European barleys, uh, you know, which, you know, you, depending on the humidity level where they're malted can, is really what decides on, is a flavor decider. So sourcing is a huge opportunity. I look, you know, outside of the BA, I kind of have my own lens. I look, I look at your building and structure, you know, being the son of an architect, you cannot ignore the building you occupy as a major component. The next one I look at is uh, your sourcing. Where are you pulling from? What are you pulling? And then the next thing you go to operational efficiency. You're like, everything that I'm pulling into my building, am I maximizing the yield from that? And then the last thing is this mop up, this tailpipe, if you will. And that's your zero waste initiative. You know, uh, what, if you ignore spent grain as your, as you comprise the majority of the weight of, of your waste, there are tremendous opportunities through composting and uh, Diversion from landfill is the big phrase. You want to divert as much. So robust recycling system is is a great thing. And then also on the kind of wastewater side, making sure you're sidelining as much solids as possible. But within those four camps, if you just simply kind of move through those manuals and see um, see what categories those projects fall into, there are three to five really easy, low cost things within each category. If you own your building, you're in a different uh, in a different camp than if you're leasing. I highly encourage everybody to explore building ownership before they embark on a project because your building uses a lot of your resources and you're less likely to invest in somebody else's property, right? Yeah. So there's a decision tree there for your, your your green building. Do you own it or do you lease it? Well, there's going to be two different paths there. Then toggle over to water, you know, put nozzles on everything and aerators and dual flush toilets and the like and, and keep going through. And, and, on the energy side, what are your big culprits on the, the, the gas side? Well, you're, when you're burning natural gas, uh, you know, your, your boilers is a huge culprit and your space heating. Then you go over to the, the electricity side. Well, you're glycol chiller, right? And, you know, depending on how you heat and cool your space, but, you know, that refrigeration is, and, and uh, lighting and pumps, you know, these big motors are just huge draws. But, these things burn out every time you have, I, I really like looking at replacing things when they've reached the end of their life, you know, running the car into the ground versus like upgrading and chasing efficiency by upgrading every three years, you're probably better off over the life to like run it into the ground and replace it when it's dead and, but bring online the state of the art energy efficient thing. Yeah. Because 
um, I, I think that's a, a great way to look at it because over the they call it LCA life cycle analysis uh, really shows that you know you, you need to to use things for a long period of time to distribute the footprint right absolutely absolutely um i think i digressed a little bit there but i no. get excited about <laughs> <laughs> that was that was beautiful i think a lot of people are going to get a lot of great tips and pointers based on what you just talked about there and you really drilled it down between like the building um operations you know just these zero waste initiatives um these are all great buckets to start with and, you know, the, di uh, the decision tree of figuring out where to go. Um, so all this resources, where, where, where can somebody go to try to find this information? Um, and who should they be contacting to like ask further questions if they arise? You know, sustainability, like I said, is very personal, uh, thing and custom, uh, to somebody's situation and business model, but the Brewers Association, um, website is a wonderful place to start there. Um, if you're a member, it's easy to, to plug in your password and to um, log on to the resource hub. Once there's a, a big tan brick in the upper right corner, it says resource hub. Hit that and then scroll towards the bottom. There'll be some highlights, some of the new latest and greatest things that are, are being worked on by the various committees, the things that we're most proud of in the moment. But when you go down the bottom, you see you know, well over 20 buttons to, to hit, depending on what you're dealing with. You know, there's there's government affairs stuff and obviously sustainability is what brings us to the table today. You know, there's there's business, there's human resources, there's um, equity, uh, diversity and inclusion, um, there's safety, uh, supply chain, and it just goes on and on. I don't have, my computer screen unfortunately is too small to have all these windows open, but uh, the, the resource hub is, is a rich place to start and if you're looking at like i said the the investment of 200 bucks to get started uh it is a bargain uh you'll you will make that buy very quickly just with access to those materials it takes that desire mm -hmm. and just by clicking through putting the 200 dollars down uh you'll make that back you know very very quick i don't assign a time or roi proper to that that's for bart watson the chief yeah. economist to, to take that on but but uh just rest assured it's the right thing to do and there's money on the table and, and uh, a way to sleep better at night and, and stand out in a crowded marketplace. Awesome. I think that that last part kind of speaks to like the words of encouragement of people joining and entering in this space, but any final moments of reflection as people listen in or, or just are contemplating for 2023, we're going to do this next year. Um, any words of encouragement for those people starting their journey and specifically looking at this benchmarking tool? The journey of sustainability is really fun, like beer. You know, the, we all got started with beer because, you know, it's it's an awesome intersection of art and science and and uh, and people and all these wonderful things uh, that make uh, make for a rich life. And um, the sustainability journey, I really enjoy it. I mean, you probably tell that my heart rate goes up when I start talking about it because once that light bulb goes on, it's uh, it's irresistible, and uh, so there's all those obvious benefits. But it, it's it's a really cool journey, and you're going to learn a lot. And it's it's highly collaborative, and the collaborative spaces, especially with the beer in your hand, end up being a really great uh, great tables to be at. So just gotta get started. It's like exercising or anything, or, or improving your diet. You know, diet, exercise, sleep. We all know that we all have probably projects in each one of those categories and sustainability is just 
how, how to how to do those things a little bit better and more and more efficiently and uh, yeah just just know that it's the right thing to do and if the, there was never a, a, a more appropriate point in history than now to start the journey you, you hear the news out there you know we get distracted with um, fuel and the Ukraine and these things but you know it's about uh, what you're doing every day as an individual, you know, how you're spending your money, how you're spending your time and, um, and trying to do the right thing by the people on the planet and just throw run everything through that filter, you know, does this feel right? And you know, when you're doing the right thing. And, uh, I really feel like, uh, the sustainable journey for, for business people and offering an alternative again, in a, in a noisy uh, marketplace too, it's so confusing going to the grocery store. Where do you, where do you put your money? You know, I would much rather know clearly uh, where, who to patronize than, than not um, uh, with either an eco label or, um, you know, even the independent badge from the BA is an awesome uh, thing to prefer. But sustainability is fun and it gets better over time and, and you're going to save a lot more money the farther you go into it. And the more you grow your business, the deeper the savings because it's inherently much more efficient to, to grow a sustainable business. There's a lot of a lot of cool things on the table, but just get started and uh, and know there's a, uh, a a really great journey ahead of you. It's not about the destination; it never was, right? It's about embarking on the journey. Well, that's awesome. Um, and we'll be dropping uh, Christian's cell phone number at the bottom of this link, so you can just contact him directly <laughs> with all those yeah, questions. Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, I kind of do offer that. I don't know if I can field six thousand calls, but yeah. uh, also. There are resources, you know, uh, on some emails and stuff that you could fire off and get some. Uh, I, I think I don't want to offer that directly. I need to get that checked with with uh, Chuck and Matt at, in our uh, sustainability subcommittee as, as the employees of the BA. Mm -hmm. But, you know, there are resources and you could ask questions of any one of us. I know as, as great a team as we have and as passionate as people are. I'm, my door and email are always open to ask questions because uh, at open source, we know we know we need to work as a team to, to make an impact. And uh, and the the attitude and the the, the um, I think that the wonderful uh, nature of, of beer is, is meant to bring people together on great issues like this. Absolutely. Well said, Christian. Um, yeah, for us, like, you know, kind of leading with that mission, vision and values to kind of curate uh, initiatives and decisions moving wow. forward. You spoke to that. I think having that as like a clear focus kind of allows you to determine which steps to take. But again, with this journey being, um, it's a journey, it's not a destination. You have the ability to pivot if needed. Um, it's a beautiful thing and it's a great thing to start. And like you mentioned, so many resources out there. So I just, I, I think, you are in such a great space nowadays, uh, being able to access things at your fingertips that you normally wouldn't have that ability to do that. So, um, it's tools like this, it's, uh, it's partners like the BA and just working with brewers like yourself, Christian, as you have these three different hats, personal hat, brewer hat, subcommittee hat, it's just finding those people in your space to, to ask those questions and kind of build upon your own strategies and initiatives to kind of help, whether that requires uh, uh, kind of pumping yourself internally um, or just looking for people for, for, for answers and guidance. I think there's, there's a lot of that to be had, and this is a great topic and conversation to, to spread. So um, 
there are most likely some neat champions in every company too. So, you know, even if you're like, man, I'm, I'm strapped, I don't have enough time or bandwidth, you know, there's going to be somebody in, in your company who, who is, is passionate about this or can, you know, cobble together a, a half a day a week to, to look into some of these things and put, put some uh, options in front of you. So we found that our, our B Corp journey was brought to us by the brother of one of our brewers. Uh, he gave him a flyer for the B Corp. <laughs> and then fast forward, you know, we've been a B Corp proudly for, uh, yeah, since 2015, uh, you know, so seven, eight years in right now, just based off a flyer coming over the desk of our head brewer via his brother. That's crazy. You know, yeah. So it, you know, there's all unlikely champions within each building, and uh, you'll find that um, this this next generation. I'm sure you're seeing with your 55 growers like a generational flip, and with that, probably a, an an eagerness to to implement some things that that maybe were off the table before. You know, Abs- so absolutely. Yeah, our growers. I find are- that, yeah, the it. younger crowd is really excited about this stuff. Oh yeah, we we uh we have our green chief meetings where we, uh you know join as a group from January all the way up till August till the bales are ready to come out of the barn and into our uh, production cycle. Um, and a lot of those are we're getting these younger generations up, shell uh sharing their stories. Obviously, uh the the other generations are there and they're willing and able to um, shed light on what has been done in the past. And also some of these um, newer generation growers are, are, you know, it's a, a combination of listening to what has been done in the past and bringing in these new ideas. Cause it's not just forgetting everything to the wayside that has been done historically, but it's incorporating these new ideas and with the ultimate goal of making it more efficient and, and doing it in a way that allows you to grow from year in and year out. And from a brewery standpoint, just keep brewing in a way that's going to benefit, um, <laughs> that, that bottom line, but also just create efficiencies along the way. So there's a lot of things to be gained. And, and, and as these new generations come up and, you know, I, I don't know, I struggle with what, what, what I am like a millennial Gen Z, I don't know, but, uh, uh, there's always opportunities out there and, 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 and reading and utilizing resources such as the subcommittee are, are great opportunities to do so. Um, you know, looking, I always, I always ask this as we kind of wrap up things here, Christian, but looking into the future, um, anything that, the, you kind of teased a few things with the subcommittee, but, uh, any exciting initiatives that come to mind for 2023, as we look into the crystal ball for the future? Uh, well, for, um, you know, obviously the five-year, uh, report for, for benchmarking is a, a huge thing for us. Uh, you know, that the data, as the data gets richer and richer, it is, um, you know, it's so much more powerful and, and the, the case studies are, are numerous. So, you know, I think I'm really looking forward to that. There's also um, what we call a uh, water risk assessment tool that is launching as well. You're going to see water issues with climate change becoming a hotter and hotter topic. And uh, that tool is going to allow you to enter in your uh, I think essentially your your zip code and you can find everything from uh, legislative issues, scarcity issues, um, they call it like a, a reputational risk, whereas a brewer who, you know, maybe in Southern California, a brewer who uses a lot of water, uh, maybe disproportionately and, you know, uh, to and the, the faucets are, 
you know, people on a personal level are being asked to, um, to, to res not reserve, but what, what am I trying to say? Conserve. The, the people, yeah, conserve. God, you got it. You got it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So that, that, great. <laughs> um, so part of that uh, water risk assessment tool is uh, what we call reputational risk, whereas a brewer who's using a disproportionate amount of water, you know, when people personally are asking, being asked to conserve, but yet a brewer can still grow their company, there you, you run the risk of being seen negatively by your customers, right? So it, it would address, um, you know, reputational risk is what they call that. And uh, so it, it really is uh, an interesting uh, resource uh, it also allow you to maybe engage politically to see what you can do on maybe a legislative level. I uh, also will uh, look at uh, quality of water as well and see, you know, uh, what if you're going to have any issues with not only quantity but quality. You know, what's happening is these aquifers get drained when you know unarable farmland is being created in the middle of deserts, and you know, uh, there's a whole host of challenges. So. It, it looks like that, that dashboard, the water risk assessment tool, is going to cover quality, quantity, reputational risk, and the regulatory space. So I'd say between, you know, the new um, the new five-year benchmark and report, the water risk assessment tool, there's two really cool uh, outcomes from the work of the committee, and uh, you know, then there's going to be a, every other uh, subcommittee is going to have other things to release and talk about. So that that scrolling you know, highlight reel of what's going on with the BA is it's, uh, there, there's a, a, a really deep resource in all sectors and, and uh, great reading everywhere. Fantastic. Um, yeah, I always like to look to the future as an optimist. It's just somebody who uh, wants to plan 2023. What I'm looking for is opportunities to engage. And I think our, 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 our grow, or excuse me, um, taking off my farmer hat, uh, our listeners can also appreciate opportunities to, to just get connected. And, um, water is something so important for us just as human beings, but for us on the agricultural side, we definitely see a lot of that, uh, the climate crisis playing negative effects on, on water availability and also that quality aspect that you talked about Christian. So, um, really excited to see that hit the um, the website and circulated throughout the uh, breweries that are, are participating in this. And um, again, I just I, I, I can't thank you enough for coming on. I think again, we we really lean into this education um, uh, base to promote opportunities for for growth, whether that be just individually or as a business. And I think touching on a, a subject like this, that is like you said, we could talk about this on hours. At, at length. Um, but for the sake of, for yourself and, 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 and those listening, we'll, we'll cut it, but we have the ability to, to link up some resources for people to dive in a little bit deeper when they choose to start that journey. But, uh, Christian, thank you so much. Um, he's coming to us live from his, um, brewery down in Portland. He just told us that they're putting in an ax, uh, throwing, um, I don't know. What do you, what do you call it? An ax throwing, lane yeah, it's, it's like bowling lane yeah, I don't like, know. Yeah, yeah like darts with axes yeah yep. like, what, 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 mix it with beer what could go you know, it's like <laughs> it's really well it, it's a really cool uh sport that you know it's kind of taken uh taken portland by storm here but um yeah I, I really appreciate you having me on you know uh i i really i, I love this um you know the sustainable um sector so much and it's just so it's so interesting there's phds to be had all over this no matter what you're interested in and i think also finding some of these 
these aspects of sustainability that you have a personal interest in, you know, based on your region or your family or your own personal experience. Uh, you know, there, there's a whole bunch of different ways to come at this. And uh, also want to thank uh, YCH for being such a great advocate of organic hops and salmon safe hops as well. Being on the board of salmon safe and being kind of a, a long-term or organic uh, proponent. Um, it's really great. You got a ton of great resources there for people that want to look at maybe sourcing some things um, a little differently. So I uh, appreciate you guys being such great advocates of organics and salmon safe as well. Absolutely. Uh, for those listening in, we'll have a, a little teaser for the salmon safe episode that'll be happening as well. So, I mean, yeah, it just, it's amazing. Yeah. It, everything's connected is, is how I come out of a lot of these uh, just interactions with people and um, excited for the future. So um, with that, I just want to say thank you again for, for joining us and for those listening in. Um, you know, this is a collaborative environment and we can all do better um, just by, you know, taking some small steps. And if there's anything we learned today, uh, those small steps are extremely feasible with, with tools that have been created by the BA. So um, as we move forward in our daily lives, let's just keep in mind that we can all do something great and we can all do something bigger than beer. So signing off and thank you all so much. Thank you.